The New Orleans Saints cap gymnastics are getting underway a little bit earlier than most of us anticipated. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, as always, for checking us out. I am your host, Ross Jackson, the credentialed media member covering the New Orleans Saints as a senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network. And I appreciate you very much being an everydayer, making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day Every day on today's episode of Locked on Saints, we're going to be taking a look at who the Atlanta Falcons are now as things have changed for that franchise since the Week 12 meeting in Atlanta. We're going to discuss Alvin Kamara's status for Sunday's game, a big um, uh, conversation around availability and how important it can be for the New Orleans Saints. And to kick us all off here, I want to take a look at the New Orleans Saints getting started early with their salary cap gymnastics. We got that coming up for you on today's episode. And today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On for $20 off of your first purchase. So the New Orleans Saints waste no time restructuring the first contract already as they try to get under the salary cap ahead of next year's 2024. And one of these restructures answers a big question or at least gives an idea, gleans to the answer of a big question that has started to pick up some momentum late in the season here. Will the New Orleans Saints part ways with Marshawn Lattimore, the star cornerback, former defensive rookie of the year, drafted in 2017? It looks like the answer to that question, as many of us expected, is no. Now, we won't say never, but we can certainly say no for right now. Now, those of you that are everydayers, you know that one of my favorite parts of the offseason is breaking down the New Orleans Saints salary cap. And so being able to return home from a little bit of a quick vacation, if you will, there were still episodes I was still working. You know how I'll be hashtag hash brown, no days off. Um, but, you know, be able to come back to New Orleans and be able to jump immediately into some salary cap talk. I could not be happier about it. So the New Orleans Saints, here's what they did. They took Marshawn Lattimore's contract, which had a base salary of $15 million in 2024. They took all but the veteran minimum salary for his experience level in the NFL, which is $1.21 million, so just over $13 million. They took it, restructured it, turned it into a bonus. We're going to highlight the specificity of the bonus that they chose and why people are asking the questions about whether or not this was done to facilitate a trade or, or whatever. We'll break all that down here in a second. But basically, they took the majority of Alvin Kamara's contract, Alvin Kamara, Marshall Lattimore's contract over $13 million worth, converted it into a bonus, and therefore saved just over $11 million against their large salary cap overage going into the 2024 season. How much are the New Orleans Saints over the salary cap? We don't actually know yet because the NFL delayed releasing information on the upcoming salary cap until this month, until January. So at some point in the near future, within the next couple of weeks. We should have a better understanding of just how over the salary cap are the New Orleans Saints, but you could safely move the dial anywhere between 70 
285, potentially $90 million over the salary cap, depending upon where it is. Although the expectation is that it is going to be more than $240 million, which is good news for the New Orleans Saints. So subtract $11 million from their original overage, and that's where the Saints will be. What you need to know is that the Saints are in $11 million of better shape now than they were yesterday. That's kind of the biggest thing, biggest, easiest way to take away from it since we don't know the factual figures at this moment. How hard will it be for the New Orleans Saints to get salary cap compliant? Not hard at all. Uh, they've got five different players that have a base salary of over $10 million, including, of course, both quarterbacks, Derek, or two quarterbacks, Derek Carr and Taysom Hill. Alvin Kamara is over $10 million, as well as a couple of other players, uh, including Demario Davis. Uh, and then there are also another four or five players with pretty hefty uh, roster bonuses as well, who you already know are going to be on the roster. Guys like uh, Cesar Ruiz and uh, Eric McCoy and Carl Granderson and Cam Jordan, for instance. And so that's already guaranteed money that you're just turning into guaranteed money that gets paid out over an expanded prorated period of time, as opposed to all at once, which would be the case otherwise. So the Saints would be able to take guaranteed money, make it guaranteed money, but then less guaranteed money, if that makes sense. So it's a good situation for the Saints to be in. So they've got a bunch of different ways to continue to make salary cap space. So buckle up. It's going to be another season of restructuring, of adding players, but not necessarily moving on from players and getting ready for 2023 or 2024 with a must-win mentality, with a you know all-in mentality, however it is that you want to look at it. So that's what you should expect when it comes to the New Orleans Saints and their salary cap situation and what it means for their 2024. Now, what does this mean for Marshawn Lattimore and the potential, all of this sort of like conversation and speculation around, you know, will the New Orleans Saints move on from Marshawn Lattimore? As we know, in the NFL, you never say never. You know, we've seen quarterbacks drafted and then traded away the year after because a new head coach comes in and drafts a new quarterback. We've seen, you know, the owners come out and say, well, this guy's our guy, blah, blah, blah. And then that player's traded or that coach is fired or whatever. Everyone lies in the NFL, so we'll see exactly what happens when it comes to Marshawn Lattimore factually as it all kind of pans out. But I will say this, it seems even more unlikely now that Marshawn Lattimore gets traded. And, and, and the reason why always has been the same, dead money. It, it's a lot of dead money to take on. It's a lot of money to swallow, to move on from the player. It's much easier to swallow, you know, to, to, to kind of take that salary cap hit and keep the player than it is to makes a lot than, than the sense it would make or lack of sense it would make to take that hit and then move the player. It just doesn't make sense. Um, and so I highlighted the difference between the option on this or, or, or the bonus rather on this one. So the Saints usually when they do this, they convert either a bonus or a base salary to a signing bonus, which basically pays them out up front, quote unquote, but then spreads out the cap hit for the Saints over the course of usually five years to add on a void year to do that. Um, in this case, the Saints actually made it an option bonus, which is not vastly different from a signing bonus, but it is noticeable because what that means is that the bonus doesn't actually kick in until the, a later date. So technically, the Saints could say, okay, well, there's a date by which they want to trade Marshawn Lattimore, but there's already so much dead money. There's already so much guaranteed money that's invested in the player that no matter what, you're still taking on a load of dead cap by, you know, moving on from the player and everything. It just doesn't make sense to do it. So with that being the case, I would still say that it's very, very, very unlikely that Marshawn Lattimore gets traded. It was already very unlikely, but this kind of solidifies it or all but solidifies it at this point. So I wouldn't expect Marshawn Lattimore to be moved. 
But if he did get moved, it would be a big shock. And we'd have a lot to talk about in terms of what the salary cap implications of that would be and why that would be a bad choice by the New Orleans Saints, regardless of what may or may not be happening with the relationship there. So that's the deal on Marshawn Lattimore. I would not expect him to be moved at this time. Coming up next, let's take a look at the New Orleans Saints biggest star on the offensive side. So the two, you know, Marshall Lattimore was a 2017 defensive rookie of the year. Let's look at that 2017 offensive rookie of the year in Alvin Kamara. Is he going to be good to go this weekend against the Atlanta Falcons in a game where he is absolutely needed? We got that coming up for you as we come, as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by friends at Game Time. Game Time is the number one ticketing service that we use here at Locked On and that you should be using as a listener of Locked On because they have great deals for you as a Locked On listener, but also they've got great deals, period. They're effectively obsessed with helping you save money on your tickets. Game Time has deals that start on just about any event, go all the way down to like an hour after the event starts, you get zone deals, you get uh, where, where you pick the section and pick the seats, and then you get big time savings off of that. They've got the game time guarantee as well, which means that if you that you'll always find the best price. And if you do find tickets in the same section and same row for less than what you paid at game time, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's how confident they are. So take all the guesswork out of buying your tickets today by heading over and downloading the Game Time Ticket app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, use the promo code Locked On L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $20 off. Download Game Time today, last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked On Saints. Appreciate you, as always, making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Uh... Alvin Kamara is not probably going to play Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons, but we'll see. We'll see. You know how I am. I'm always a never say never guy, but he was not at practice on Tuesday or excuse me, Wednesday. That's not super surprising. Uh, Dennis Allen was not really able to give much of an update on the Monday conference call. Everything just kind of seems to be pointing to Alvin Kamara not playing. And that's pretty big for the Saints. Now, if he does end up playing, that would be good news for New Orleans. But how effective would he have the ability to really be? Do you want to risk that? And then, you know, especially on an ankle, like, look, I know I'm, listen, I am not Alvin Kamara. I am nowhere near any type of professional athlete. I am nothing more than you know, a small thread that blows away in the wind because I weigh maybe 60 pounds when I'm soaking wet but and fully clothed. But when I look at where the sort of cost-risk analysis or not cost-risk, risk-reward analysis, right? You get what I'm saying here? Um, it It's more of a risk to put Alvin Kamara out on the field. I, I draw the comparison myself because I think about, you know, when I have sprained an ankle in the past, I would be getting out of bed and I would twist that ankle again or get up or I would think a thought and then I would hurt my ankle again. And so when I think about the idea of Alvin Kamara, who's already dealing with an ankle injury that could severely, or let's call it um, not severely, but let's say substantially, uh, you know, weaken that ankle, him playing football at a high level amongst all the rest of the world-class athletes like himself, probably not great if you want to say, okay, well, let's protect your ankle just in case they get into the playoffs. And look, they went out 
and they got guys that should be able to help in the stead of Alvin Kamara at this point in the season, just like some of them did weeks one through three of the season when they didn't have him while he was serving that uh, that suspension early on in the year. So I, don't be surprised if Alvin Kamara is not out there, but the New Orleans Saints need to still be able to run the football. They need to have a plan in place to make sure that they're still able to replicate that area of the game, even if they don't have to do it in a one-to-one version or a copy-paste version of what they usually do with Alvin Kamara. And that's why I've highlighted throughout this week a couple of moments where I've said little things like Jamal Williams. He's one of those guys who are like, the more you run them, the better. Message, like that's 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 the idea. And so when you're going to go into a game that you have to win, if you want to keep your playoff hopes alive, if you want to have a winning season, if Dennis Allen wants to have his first winning season as a head coach in his career, if the Saints want to have their first winning season off the course of the past couple, like, or coming off of the seven and 10 season and then trying to replicate that now or trying to, to improve upon that now, which they're going to do no matter what, but you'd rather improve it to a nine and eight season than an eight, and nine season coming off of a seven, and 10 season. You feel me? And so I'm looking at all of the things that kind of come into that. Like, yeah, you've got to be able to run the football because that is sort of the jumping off point or the launching pad for your offense. Doesn't mean you have to run the football for four or five yards a clip, but running the football 20 something times whether it be with Alvin Kamara, whether it not be with Alvin Kamara, it's kind of a key to victory for you if you're the New Orleans Saints. And you've got the talent to still be able to do it because it's not just Jamal Williams. Yes, you have Jamal Williams, and that's a guy that you should feed so that he kind of gets his legs up under him, outlasts the defense on the opposite side there. But also Taysom Hill, right? Taysom versus Atlanta. We know that that is a, it's, it's a recipe. It's a gumbo recipe that works. It's a delicious gumbo. And so Lean in. Will Kendra Miller be able to go this week after missing every game since week nine? Can he go and have this enormous chip on his shoulder of something to prove? Like the last night we saw him, he had that big catch and run down the left sideline on the screen and all these other things. Like him getting back out on the field would be big for New Orleans to be able to balance Jamal Williams with another running back and with the Taysom Hill run game to kind of help to expand your repertoire as a pass or excuse me, as a run team. I think those things would be massively beneficial for New Orleans. And then, you know, look, there were there was also another guy, uh, Juwan Johnson, who wasn't seen at practice on Wednesday as well. That's pretty big for New Orleans too. So if you're not going to be able to go with the guy who accounted for over 53% of your air yards last week as a tight end and Juwan Johnson, who played an outstanding game, then you're going to want to be able to kind of make sure that you're able to move the ball in a couple of different ways, right? So yeah, you're going to lean on Taysom Hill in a couple of different ways. You're going to lean on Jamal Williams in the run game and in the passing game. Kendra Miller, if he can go in the run game and in the passing game. If Kendra Miller can't go, then bumping up and activating James Robinson, the former Jacksonville Jaguars running back who the Saints brought in and have had on the practice squad for the past few weeks, that would be huge for New Orleans as well because he also has the versatility to be somebody that can run the football and that can catch and be a part of the receiving game as well. So will Alvin Kamara go this weekend? Probably not, but will the New Orleans Saints be able to run the ball and will they still be able to produce with their running backs? That is kind of aside from whether or not Alvin Kamara plays because they've had to do this already. So can they do it again? That's going to be the even bigger question. But as of right now, I would not expect to see 41 on the field against the Atlanta Falcons. Coming up next, we're going to take a look at who the Atlanta Falcons are here in week 12, because especially on the offensive side of the football, they are a vastly different team than they were in week 12. And 
That is actually good news for the New Orleans Saints. We got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints for the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook and the official sports betting partner here on the Locked on Podcast Network. And for good reason, because FanDuel gives you endless opportunities to win, win, and win. So you want to go and check them out today. In fact, the New Orleans Saints right now, the line is creeping up in their favor, favored by three points, minus three point favorites up against the Atlanta Falcons at home. It would, it would be a huge win for the New Orleans Saints. Although they don't entirely control their destiny, getting a win in a game where they can control what they need to control would be a good showing for the New Orleans Saints. So maybe you want to get in on that or anything else. You can go find yourself a heavy favorite, especially right now if you're a new customer. That would be my recommendation because you're going to be able to get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place any $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets no matter what, win or lose. Then you can use that checking out some of the live same game parlays, the parlay hub as well. Make sure you get all the best way to check out all of the popular parlays out there. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Saints with a quick look at the Atlanta Falcons and who they are here in week 18 of the NFL season. The Saints and the Falcons obviously are very, did I call them Atlanta Hawks when I started this or did I say Atlanta Falcons? Doesn't matter, all the same. Anyway, with the Atlanta Falcons, they're different than they were in week 12 when the New Orleans Saints traveled to Atlanta and unfortunately lost that game on the road. The Saints, this is a must-win situation for them. And the sort of direction that the Atlanta Falcons have been trending kind of works in their favor. They've benched their starting quarterback no longer. Desmond Ritter now going with Taylor Heineke, somebody that the Saints have played before in the past with the Washington Commanders slash football team. Um, They also have, you know, going back to the Washington football team, um, they have familiarity against this offensive scheme still, which has... Three highly drafted offensive skill position players, Mike Renner, our host over at um, over at Renner Ranks, the podcast, as well as uh, the NFL draft expert over at The Messenger, you know, took to Twitter or X and mentioned that, you know, the Atlanta Falcons have spent top 10 selections on really good skill position players and are still 26th in the NFL in scoring offense. That's important because... For all of the, the flack that we've given the New Orleans Saints, particularly over on the defensive side as of late down the stretch this season, they're still the number six scoring defense in the NFL. So you've got the number six best scoring defense in the NFL matching up with a backup quarterback and the number 26 scoring offense in the NFL. Regardless of how good those skill position players are, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, B. John Robinson, Things are trending in the wrong direction for Atlanta while things are trending in a positive direction. I won't say the right direction, but a positive direction for the New Orleans Saints. Now, does that mean that this is a guaranteed win for the New Orleans Saints? Now, 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 we know better than that, don't we? Not specifically because of the New Orleans Saints, but because of the NFL. Like, this is still a divisional game. This is still one of those you never know what's going to happen games. There's nothing more that Atlanta would love than to play spoiler and win this game in order to really shut down the Saints' ability to make the playoffs, right? Like the worst case scenario for New Orleans here is that the Falcons bounce them. And then the Bucks, who the estimated uh, injury report for the Bucks and Panthers game has Bryce Young on and Baker Mayfield missing practice. 
So what does that end up looking like by the time that the week and the game gets here? Now, I imagine Baker Mayfield will play because this is such a big game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but you get what I'm saying. The Atlanta Falcons would love to play spoiler to the New Orleans Saints in that case. However, if we look at the Atlanta Falcons and what they've achieved, I guess you can say, lightly so far this season, it's not a ton. As I mentioned, they're the 26th ranked scoring offense in the NFL, 18th ranked when it comes to total yardage. Their run game, which they've invested a lot in, is top 10, and deservedly so, top 10 in terms of yardage. Uh, but they've only got 14 rushing touchdowns. That's just barely into the top half of the NFL. And then on the passing side, 22nd ranked in terms of passing yardage, only 15 passing touchdowns. That's bottom five in the NFL. So you can see sort of where this is trending for, or bottom six, excuse me. You can see where this is trending for the Atlanta Falcons. It's not a very productive offense. And so that could be great for the New Orleans Saints, whose defense is kind of finding ways to hit its stride, right? Like they played well against Carolina. They played well against the Giants, struggled early against the Rams. And there is not a lot about the Atlanta Falcons offensive scheme that replicates what the Rams do. That's for sure. Um, Offensive play calling has been a big issue, particularly red zone play calling for the Atlanta Falcons all season long. Some similar issues to what the Saints have experienced on and off throughout their year pretty consistently. Um, And then on top of that, you kind of look at where just sort of personnel decision making is and not great in Atlanta either. So the Saints are kind of in a situation here to where you've got those two games from not far, not long ago. They played well on the defensive side, particularly early against Tampa. Can they replicate it again against Atlanta? They'll need to, right? Like they need a fast start on offense. They need a fast start on defense. And that's going to be the key for me in this game. We get to cross over Thursday tomorrow with Aaron Freeman of Locked on Falcons. Always a fun time. But I'll tell you right now, like my thing about how they need to win this game is going to come down to can the offense score early and then can the defense then take advantage of that by winning and rush in coverage? Remember, you get the early lead. It forces the Atlanta offense to go away from their run game, which is where they're most comfortable, right? 91 rushing yards last time that this, these two teams met for Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson also had the big wheel route touchdown down the sideline, all that kind of stuff. Like you can kind of get them away from the things that make them comfortable, which is their run game by scoring on offense and getting an early lead. The Saints scored their first opening drive touchdown of the season last week in week 17 against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Can they get two in a row, which sets them up in a situation where the fans get on their side immediately that are in the dome? Um, you know, they end up having that early lead and start, maybe can start to build on that. The Saints secondary has played fantastic all season. Desmond Ritter threw three inter- two interceptions last time. What will Taylor Heineke do, who can be a little bit volatile with the football? Uh, there's a lot of things that can work really well for the New Orleans Saints defense. The big thing will be, can their offense show up particularly early and allow them to play their brand of the attacking aggressive defense and all that, particularly over on the defensive line. Guys like Zach Bond should see more pass rushing opportunities, not less. And when you see them get less, when you see him get less, that usually means that the fact that the Saints don't feel comfortable about their defensive rush package against um, you know, the opposing offense who may be running the ball as opposed to passing the ball, right? As opposed to dropping back. Whereas when you see Zach Bond's pass rush tick up, you look at the Carolina Panthers game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, and the New York Giants game, those are 20, 30 reps or more because a lot of obvious passing situations for that offense. So that's going to be kind of key uh, for the Saints defense. And then on the other side of it, in order for the offense to actually be able to take advantage of what it is that Atlanta's doing, then they've got to be able to do what they know Ryan Nielsen is going to struggle with or, or be ready for what it is that Ryan Nielsen and that 
uh, Atlanta Falcons offense defense wants to be able to do. They're stronger now on their backside and their back end when it comes to their coverage. Uh, you know, they've got an okay rush plan, but that's kind of diminished over the course of the season so far. And the middle of their defense is weak. And so what you're looking at is can you confuse the match style that the Atlanta Falcons play? So for instance, uh, last week against the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields did a really good job at this. You look at sort of this like corner, um, it's kind of inside switch, inside out switch that the uh, Bears ran from their slot receiver and their outside receiver. The outside, uh, the slot corner was lined up over, you know, on the trip side on the number two guy. The safety was lined up on the inside over the number three guy. They switched positions and, you know, one the one on the inside ran the outbreaking route, but then cut back in. And then, so it turns out the one on the outside was actually running the outbreaking route. You do a lot of things to confuse them because if it's an in-breaking route, then the inside guy will take that. If it's an outbreaking route, then the outside guy will take it. But can you make your inside breaking route a C route or like a little corner route to make it look like it's an inside breaking route first before breaking outside? And then can you take your inside breaking route and run like a little pivot to where it looks like an outside breaking route first and then cuts back inside? It's a bunch of big words to say, can you effectively draw up a good concept, particularly when it comes to your route running? And if the Saints can do that, then they should be able to operate on the offensive side. Now, the run game for the Saints is going to be the big question. Can they commit to it even if Alvin Kamara can't go this week? That's going to be a very, very big one to watch because that is what's going to set it all up for the New Orleans Saints is actually having the run game on the offensive side. So just a quick little look at who the Atlanta Falcons are, how to attack them, and then, of course, what it is. We'll get more in depth with all of this in tomorrow's episode, Crossover Thursday, as we go over the biggest story, what needs to happen for each team to win, and, of course, the matchups to watch. And then Friday, the game plan will break things down a little bit more in depth in that one to kind of let you know, here's what the Falcons like to do, and here's what the New Orleans Saints like to do, and here's how those two things match up. So we'll go, go through all of that and much more as we continue on this week on Locked on Saints. Appreciate you as always, y'all, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day for your second listen, Locked on Pals, Locked on LSU. Make sure you go and check them out. Show some love to all of Locked on Louisiana. Don't forget to go and give James a hard time over at Locked on Bucks, because remember, he's got to wear that Taysom Hill shirt as well in our division previews, because we won that bet. You got to love it. Thanks, as always, making Locked on Saints a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.